This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everyone? It's Luke Munger, joined by Jack McCauley of Dogman.com. Uh, we're recording this a couple nights before, almost 48 hours exactly, before the Huskies will take on the Stanford Cardinal on Saturday, uh, which will be September 24th. Uh, Jack, the 3-0 dogs coming off a big win. Uh, what do you expect crowd-wise from the Huskies on Saturday? Students back on campus, classes haven't started, but uh, momentum with the program, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think the student section will be a lot better than – I mean, not like it was lacking Saturday at all, but obviously students are back on campus, you know, the, the team's got some hype. They came off their biggest win of the season, um, biggest win out of conference in 21 years, really. Mm-hmm. So I think the student section is going to be absolutely jam-packed to the brim. That, I think, will be good. I'm a little worried about attendance outside of that as, as much just because it wasn't full for Michigan State. But then again, you know, they did, they're coming off a huge win against Michigan State. But, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a decent amount of green in the stands on Saturday. But, I mean, also – Going back to that game, I I can't remember a time where Husky Stadium was that electric. I was sitting up in the parent section, um, back of the west end zone, so but behind the dog pack, and and the entire time, like my left ear, I, I kid you not, is still ringing today a little bit. It was so it was deafening that night. It was the loudest I've seen it in a long time, which is a great sign, obviously. And then to come off that win and get that momentum against a top, arguably top 10 team in the country at the point, Michigan State. Obviously, we'll see how they fare down the road, but at that time, it couldn't have been a better win. Absolutely. Yeah, exciting direction that the program is turning, and they'll have their first conference game of the season, again, against the Stanford Cardinal. Stanford uh, will be a rested team. They're coming off of a bye week. Prior to that, they lost 41-28 to USC, and they have a 41-10 win over Colgate. Um, I've been joking that after the game, everybody involved got a free tub of toothpaste from Colgate. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, Jack, uh, I guess I'll start by asking you here. Um, Stanford obviously is a team that, uh, in the mid and early 2010s were a dominant force in the PAC 12. They're coming off of a losing 2019, a middling 2020 COVID shortened season, and then, uh, their worst season in probably recent memory last year. Uh, what have you seen so far? What, what do you expect, I guess, from this 2022 Stanford Cardinal squad, uh, I guess, for the season writ large? Yeah, I mean, Stanford definitely has a lot of talent on their team. There's no question about that, that Stanford through and through has talent across the board. You know, you see it on the offense, you see it on the defense, they're everywhere. But obviously, Stanford, the one big question mark with Stanford coming into this week is EJ Smith, who's going to back him up. And that's going to be 
Casey Filkins at running back. He has 22 carries for 97 yards on the season. Solid, but nothing like, obviously, their stat at EJ Smith. Um, nobody's going to be a- able to really replicate what he's doing on that end. I think certainly for them, if, that, if they're going to win this game, they need that position to perform. Absolutely. Like Jack said, EJ Smith, starting running back for Sanford, will not play on Saturday. Uh, he has 269 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns in two games this year. Uh, leads the team with 30 carries. Casey Filkins will back him up. 22 carries for a solid 97 yards this year and two touchdowns. After Casey Filkins, uh, there's not a running back uh, on the Stanford roster, at least as far as I've seen. No one that's taken carries this year other than Filkins and Smith that have more than five carries for their career um, from the running back position. Of course, Tanner McKee, their quarterback, has registered more than five carries, but that is because he's the quarterback and the ball touches his hands every single play. Um, so, yeah, that will certainly be something that's interesting to watch. Um yeah, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting about this Stanford team uh, is on the offensive side, uh, over the past two years, I was surprised to see this trend. Stanford has actually thrown the ball more than they've run it. But part of me thinks, Jack, I don't know what you think about this, um, is that Stanford's been losing more often than they have been accustomed to in the last decade or so. Um, and as a result, like obviously when you're down, you don't run the ball, right? You don't want to sit on the ball and bleed clock. Do you think Stanford is the same ground and pound physical team that we've known in the past? And will they look to run the ball a lot against the Huskies? Or maybe are we starting to see a different look from the Cardinal? Yeah, they're starting to throw the ball a lot more, I'd say, than they have in the past. Um, you know, compare, you know, you obviously look at Stanford essentially as like a big 10 of the big 10 out in the Pacific team where they, you know, line up in the eye and will go, you know, run a ton of power formations and lean on their offensive line and tackles a lot. But Stanford this year isn't the same. They're more leaning on their playmakers. Obviously, they have had a you know a slew of running backs in the past. Christian McCaffrey, Bryce Love, and EJ Smith is just the next in that that lineage right there. But they do have some playmakers on the receiving end. Um, John Humphreys is a guy I really really like. Uh, he's he's from Corona Del Mar. Some people might re- might remember him from Husky Nation. Uh, he played with Ethan Garbers and Mark Redman. Um, on that team, which is a loaded team. John Humphreys is a big physical wide receiver, and he's just also a lot of the other receivers in that room fit the, fit the same mold as him. So they like the guys who are going to go up and, you know, you think of like a Ty Jones, essentially, someone who's going to be able to be big. I, I, Ty might not have been as, as physical, but someone who you'd like to be, go up and get those first downs and make some of those plays. That's kind of like what they like for those receivers. They're not going to burn you too much with speed by any means but they will go get the job done when they need some yardage, which is why it's an interesting matchup. I really do think so because Washington's gameplay, I guess, outside of this year with the coach Pete and coach Lake era was so similar to Stanford. You know, they were slow bruising games. Whoever won the trenches was going to win the game this year. I feel like Washington, the game's going to look a lot more similar to UC, the USC game. Granted that game, um, Stanford left a lot on the goal line. They left or didn't convert as much on the goal line in that game. But I think their their defense will will show similar to um, how USC did. So I think Washington's going to be able to put up some points offensively. However, that's where it's going to get interesting because, like we said, EJ Smith being out one of their key pla- probably their most outside of Tanner McKee, their key player in the in in the system is is out. Absolutely. Yeah. And then obviously mentioned a few uh, pass catching options. Another name I wanted to call out, Ben Urosik, 
He spent some of his life in Bellevue, um, but ended up being uh, a product of Bakersfield. And uh, he was the leading receiver in terms of yards last year for Stanford. Uh, He's a solid NFL prospect type tight end for Stanford, as we're accustomed to seeing. You mentioned, of course, obviously, traditionally, Stanford uh, has sort of won battles in the trenches. They have a couple of standout returning starters. Uh, In fact, they have four returning starters. Drake Nugent and Walter Rouse, center and left tackle, respectively, uh, have been kind of their best blockers on the offensive line, um, according to PFF, both last year and so far this year. So those are a couple guys to look out for on the offensive line for Stanford. Uh, their only new starter, Levi Rogers, is from Woodenville High School, so a familiar name maybe to some of those up here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so that'll be another interesting thing to watch, how they'll be able to protect uh, Tanner McKee against a pretty effective pass rushing duo of uh, Raylan Trice, Jeremiah Martin and company, uh, as well as kind of pave ways for maybe a less experienced backfield now that EJ Smith is not going to be playing. Uh, is there anything else on the offensive side of the ball for Stanford uh, that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I think you hit it right there, you know, on their offensive line. I think Washington really has to cont- – I think Washington's script, obviously many of you know kind of Washington's gameplay script. They like to play real aggressive and play close to the line of scrimmage, which really benefited them against Michigan State as Michigan State was essentially shut down on the running side of thing, and they forced Peyton Thorne to win them the game. I think they're going to try and do something similar to Stanford. Stanford kind of plays in that similar mold. Essentially, you talked about it, Luke, with their offensive line. I really think they're going to try and lean – on their offensive line, uh, or I mean, Washington's going to lean on their defensive line here, uh, MJLA, to, to plug those holes and make their linebackers so their linebackers are allowed to come up and make those tackles and fill them. I think that's what they're going to try and do. I think pressure is something uh, they've they've hinted at a lot. William Inge, especially at his press conference this week, hinted at you know they've left they left a lot of sacks out on the table. That's something they're really trying to clear up. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of going up against you know Levi Rogers. You know, you mentioned someone first start in Husky Stadium. That's a little nerve-wracking, obviously, being the hometown kid. You know, he'll obviously have a little bit of excitement, but I'm sure that comes a lot with nerves as well. And Washington's got a pretty formidable pass rush, as we saw last week. Michigan State had an extremely experienced offensive line with four seniors. That, and Washington's defensive line, I thought, did a tremendous mm-hmm. job, um, not only stopping the run, but but providing some pass pressure as well. There could have been holes that they could apply oh, here and there. could have been something better. Um, but I think as the season progresses, we'll see that. And I think this is one of those games where we could see that progress as Stanford not only has a good, has a decent offensive line, but I think Washington's going to be able to learn from last week on some of the things they might need to clean up on. As there's more, there's less things they need to clean up on than work on. Certainly. Yeah. Not to mention they have pass rushers. Obviously, we've mentioned Jeremiah Martin and Braylon Trice, but Void Tanufi. Uh, is an interesting pass rushing option in the interior as well. So excited to see what the Huskies are able to bring to the table there. Now, the defensive side of the ball, Jack, I'm not sure if there's anything stood out to you about Stanford. But one thing that I thought was super interesting and un-Stanford-like to me uh, is they released their depth chart. And on the defensive line, including even like their two defensive tackle positions, they didn't have any players that, that reach or exceed 300 pounds. Uh, that seems un-Stanford-y. Am I crazy? No. I mean, when you look at Stanford, usually you see 6'8", 320, 6'4". <laughs> 340. You know, that's just how they go out down the offensive line. But so I think that is something too important to look at. Um, it means they are a little bit more athletic than they have been in the past. And I think Shaw's trying to mold them that way to slowly adapt to the way college football is today. 
Certainly. Yeah. However, it kind of was a heel for them last year. Stanford allowed nearly six yards per carry in 2021. Uh, on top of that, over 230 rushing yards per game and almost three touchdowns on the ground per game. Uh, so that's something that the Huskies will look to exploit. Uh, any, anything else, I guess, what stands out to you when you look at the Stanford defense? Yeah, defensively, I think a lot of it does run through their linebacker core. Um, Lavani Damuni and Jacob mm-hmm. Magnum Farr, um, both of them, uh, they're the other head tackle guys. Two, they're both in their top, two of their top three in tackle leaders. So they love to rely on their linebackers on finding the ball, mm-hmm. kind of like Washington has done, especially in the past. You know, you look at a lot of the Washington linebackers who have came through Ben Burke, whatever. Those guys were the leaders in tackles because Washington's system forced them to make tackles. And that's kind of similar to what Stanford is doing this year. They're going to get their defensive linemen to plug holes. They're going to get some big beefy guys up there to, you know, but their, but their linebackers are the ones who are going to be able to come up and make the plays. They want their linebackers to make the plays and they'll, you know, essentially it's kind of like a, almost like a captain in a ship. You're going to trust the captain to guide your ship. You're going to trust the linebackers to guide your defense. And that's how it is with the Stanford Cardinal. And those two guys have to be able to make plays and have to be able to make reads, especially offensively on what Washington is doing. Real quick, before we kind of end that topic real quick, there Washington is extremely good at disguising motions and putting motions in play to get their defenses and defenses, especially corners, confused. But what that can do sometimes is if – you know, you bump Wayne Talapapa out to the side. That might bump a linebacker out to uh, out in the out, out in the slot to play corner, and then move your corners down the line. So that could get them in trouble. So you know, you get uh, them going up against Jalen McMillan or Giles Jackson in the slot, or even Jack Westover or whatnot. They could have some trouble there because they're not used to seeing that as much. So Washington, if they're really good at disguising, they're I'm sure they're going to put in a ton of motions this this week to bump those linebackers out to open stuff up across the middle that's where Stanford could come in trouble, could see trouble. But if they're able to shut down that, then it could be, could be an interesting matchup. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, another thing I thought was interesting, we mentioned a little bit about the defensive line or defensive interior, the linebackers. Stanford has a pretty solid secondary as well, um, highlighted by Caillou Blue Kelly, who is a legitimate NFL prospect, um, seen forecasted like early day two as probably the highest. Um, so he's a solid guy to consider out at corner. In total, Stanford has eight players in their secondary that have started games at Stanford, and their starting nickel was a three-year starter at Oklahoma. So it's a very experienced secondary. It'll be interesting to see how that, I think, goes up against a receiver core that's been very fascinating for Washington and effective to this point, and Michael Penix, who's having an incredible year. That said, Stanford has really struggled to force turnovers. Uh, They just have one interception, no fumble recoveries on the year. Um, And yeah, the Huskies have done a great job of taking care of the ball themselves. So that's another thing I'll be looking for. Yeah, I think bringing up that that's a really good point you know that Stanford has struggled to force turnovers if I'm Stanford and I'm a Stanford fan I think if you want to win this game you have to try and force 
turnovers against Washington because let's be real, DeBoer and Grubb are extremely talented at creating a system that allows them to take care of the ball and allows them to have a high completions percentage. And if you're Stanford, that's something you got to really try. You got to play extremely aggressive, especially with your safeties. Kendall Williamson, he's one of their safeties there. I, I really like him personally. I think he's going to play a lot closer to the line of scrimmage than he has in the past. And I think this is going to be a cut. You know, Washington loves to do a lot of mesh routes in their system. You know, we, I we, last week, I think a great example is if you remember a Jack Westover play that got them uh, – First and goal from like the three yard line was completely wide open. Him going just over the top. I think Stanford's going to try and play closer to the line of scrimmage rather than Michigan State, who's kind of trying to ease the bleed rather than Stanford. You have to be able to attack and insert. You you got to really stab them in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're Stanford, I think. I mean, obviously they're a talented team, but with Washington's pace of play, Stanford has struggled against that kind of team. Those kind of teams in the past, they do well against the bullies. Um, the ground and pound type teams, but this is a different team that Stanford, or that um, Stanford has seen um, in in Washington, where they've you know obviously Stanford has had their way in the past with Washington the last ten fifteen years even, but this is a completely new and rebuilt system with playmakers that obviously you I mean USC's receivers are insanely talented, but this the system is a little bit different. Absolutely, yeah, those are all great points. Um, one last group, I guess, that we haven't talked about for Stanford is kind of on the pass rushers. Um, one name to mention, David Bailey, is a true freshman that's been their best pass rusher to this point this year, um, at least according to PFF. Uh, he and then also Jackson Moy, although he plays in the defensive interior, has been an impressive pass rusher. So those are a couple of names to keep an eye on on that front. Um, great. So after, I guess, kind of considering uh, both the Stanford offense and defense, Jack, uh would you like to do a bet to bark or would you like to do your confidence interval first? Uh, let's do, let's, let's do confidence interval first. You can start us out for both. You start us out for both. Um, gosh, that's a good one. I'm kind of putting myself on the spot here now. Yeah, uh, reverse, <laughs> you see the Uno reverse card played it on you. <laughs> yeah, that was the Uno reverse card. Gracious. Um, yeah, you know, this, uh, I think last year when the Huskies played Stanford, uh, was the birthing of the legend of Carson Bruner. If you remember that game, he had a fantastic game at the inside linebacker spot for the Huskies. Not that this guy hasn't had a great season for the Huskies so far, but I think another Husky that's young, that plays linebacker, will steal the hearts of Husky Nation this week, uh, going against a depleted running back group of Stanford, making a couple tackles for loss of Galafonso Tupatala. Or, yeah, Alfonso Tupatala as a... Uh, my bed to bark. Wow. Okay. I, I thought we were going confidence intervals there, but you know, oh, like, my bad. Uh, it, you know, it got a little lost in the shuffle with that card. I, in, reverse I know. Yeah. You did the Uno reverse. I thought you double reversed. <laughs> so, but I think my bet to bark, this is an interesting take because we don't know how much we'll see of this person. But I think considering where Washington struggled last year, last week in the red zone, I think Richard Newton's going to come out and, and reignite Husky nation. Uh, I think he's going to have a couple key. He might not be the guy that's going to lead in the stats, but I think when you look at the game and you look at impactful plays, whether it's converting third or fourth and short, I think Richard Newton's going to be able to do that. It made it seem like Grub made it seem like we'd see a lot more of six this week, 
So I think we're going to, I'm, I'm taking my bet that we're going to see more of Richard Newton. And I'm going to say he's going to have a one, possibly two touchdown day. And I think him having back him in the goal line in those short yardage situations is going to be highly um, impactful. And I don't think Stanford's really necessarily, they're necessarily ready for that this week to see Richard Newton. And I think he's going to have a big day. Great. Awesome. Now going over to confidence interval, gosh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm riding a little too high. But we're going honesty here. I, I think I'm about at seven and a half or an eight. Like, I feel pretty good about the Husky team. Um, they don't seem like, like, I don't know. I've seen nothing from them this year that would suggest that coming off of a huge win and being impressive and essentially being able, able to score at will all year that they'll have a letdown. Um, I don't think that Stanford is a bad team by any means. Um, but I think that Michigan State might be better and the Huskies took care of business there. So, I, I don't. I guess I don't have anything to like any reason to think a Stanford team that uh, is missing their best running back and uh, was down thirty five fourteen at half to USC is going to come into Husky Stadium and derail uh-huh. Huskies' momentum. No, I think that's a great point. Um, I think normally when you look in the past years, Stanford has kind of been the one to dismantle Washington um, off those big high weeks. You know, you look at BYU in two thousand nineteen. 2020 against Utah, I mean, literally two of the last three years, Stanford has done that to Washington where they've dismantled them when they've kind of came off that high point. I don't think this year is going to be that. I think DeBoer, especially internally, is very good at keeping the players locked in. And, you know, while he'll allow celebrations, it's kind of right back to the grind. You know, like you said, that 1-0 mentality, you got to be 1-0. and um, and there have been a couple players in the locker room that I've talked to, specifically one linebacker who um, was worried about Stanford this week. You know, oh, they have a bye week, whatnot. Uh, but in the middle of the week, got a message: we're ready to, we're going to throttle them. You know, we're going to hammer them. And hearing that, you know, I guess almost to me just puts the nail in the coffin. Not on Stanford, but I'm saying the mentality that Washington has where it's week by week. They're not looking to just beat Michigan State. They're looking to make the Pac-12 championship. They're looking to make the playoff, and they think they can. Internally, they think they can. And I think that kind of mindset gives me extra confidence and extra an extra push, even though even though I'm regarding what Stanford did to us in the past. You know, obviously, they've been ext- an extremely talented football game team. But I'm going to say seven and a half as well. I think Washington's offense and speed, especially – against a team that's depleted of their best player is going to be just a little too much to handle for the Cardinal. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Stanford covered necessarily. I think the line of 13, 13 and a half, decent amount for an impact in, against a Pac-12 team that likes to slow things down. But I think the playmaking ability of Washington and Stanford's offense, having a couple of young guys on the line, obviously they have a big, talented receiver room, but you know missing their focal point of the offense and EJ Smith is – seriously going to hurt them I don't think that they're going to be able to recover enough to take a win obviously Stanford it's a Pac-12 North rival game so you know it's not like one of those things where you know if Stanford wins it's like oh Jet, you know I'm not shocked I wouldn't be terribly shocked if if they won I just feel confident that Washington's going to be able to get the job done and win just based on the momentum this team has and where they want to be in the playoff and what they've shown us so far it's been a, it's hard to deny awesome great so there you have it huskies taking on stanford 7 30 p.m in husky stadium uh for all of us here dogman.com no better place to get coverage 
pregame, during game, and postgame. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you guys and seeing you on Saturday. Good dogs. 